This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Just as many of us were settling into the Thanksgiving holiday with family and friends or taking a much-needed rest from work, we received the unsettling news of yet another coronavirus variant. We're still on this roller coaster, folks, just when it feels like we're getting a bit of a reprieve from all the anxiety of the pandemic, a new concern emerges. The Omicron variant was first identified in Southern Africa and has prompted a series of quick responses from government officials. President Biden announced travel restrictions from eight countries in Africa. On Friday, stocks fell around the world and oil prices plunged. Should we be panicking? And what do all these knee-jerk responses mean? It'll take time to understand how Omicron might impact our day-to-day lives. But until then, Chronicle reporter and our resident newsroom COVID-19 expert Erin Alday is here to help. She'll discuss the concerns and how the Omicron variant holds up against vaccines and the latest booster shots. Later, Chronicle reporter Kelly Wong will discuss how Omicron should impact our upcoming holiday and travel plans. She talked to five local experts about how they're thinking about the latest variant, and she'll share those insights with me. Let's start with you, Erin Alday. We've talked about variants before on the show, and here we are again. What do we need to know about the Omicron variant, and why has it sparked such an immediate global response? First of all, you should start by saying there's a lot we don't know about Omicron, and I think that that's key for people to keep in mind. We don't know that this is going to be troublesome. We don't know that this is going to disrupt everything. And one thing I can say, certainly, and let's put a hopeful note on this, is that it's not going to set us back to the beginning of this pandemic. It doesn't kind of Mm -hmm. put us right back you know, to the start again. We're still coming at this from a really strong place. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you're right. There's um, a lot of a lot of concern, a lot of really legitimate cause for concern. To kind of put it simply and basically, um, it just it's a new variant. We all are familiar with these variants that happens to have just a lot of mutations to it. So that, that's that's what defines variants, right? Are these sort of mutations to their the genetic code that are slightly mm-hmm. different from from the previous kind of parent virus? And these mutations happen all the time, and most of them don't mean anything. Some of them can even be a little bit beneficial for us. And, you know, most of these variants we've seen will have, say, a dozen or so mutations, and that's considered plenty to cause trouble. This one has 30 plus mutations just on one part of the virus alone, the part that infects us, um, or that, that kind of causes that entry point infection. And then it's got other mutations on top of that. And Aside from that, the mutations that we've identified, we know for a fact that some of them are associated with, say, some immune escape, ability to evade the vaccines or our natural immunity from infection. So we know that some of these mutations are associated with with more infectiousness. It makes it easier to spread, like what we've seen with Delta. There's a big difference between looking at a virus, looking at a variant kind of in a lab, looking at its sequence 
and being able to tell what that actually means in the real world. So, you know, we look at some of these mutations and we see, oh my goodness, this looks like it might be able to evade immunity or make our immunity less effective. But in the real world, you know, our immunity that actually holds up just fine. We've actually done a really good job with being, you know, providing protection against all of these variants that have sprung up. So that may continue to be the case with with Omicron. Okay. So there's still a lot that remains to be seen, but we know that the Omicron was first detected in South Africa. Where else has it been found? And what does that say about this variant's spread throughout the globe? It was actually first first detected in Botswana. They identified just mm-hmm. a handful of cases in Botswana. But what happened is South Africa has really great genomic surveillance. Um, and so they were kind of the first to really identify a you know a cluster of cases and sort of do the 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 lab work to to look at you know what what this new variant was and to kind of put these cases out into the world and sort of introduce this 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 variant to the world. So they're the ones that are getting that credit for better or worse um with mm-hmm. the new variant. But at this point and and keep in mind these this first report out of South Africa really was just last week, late last late, you know, basically Thanksgiving day. And already we're seeing cases that have shown up just all around the world, um, in the UK, in Europe. We've had a couple cases in Canada now, Israel. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm losing track. It's impossible to keep track at this point. This is how these variants always play out. They just pop up very quickly once we start looking for them. Most experts I talk to think it's already here in the United States. We just, you know, our sequencing is a few, like a week or two behind, and we probably just ha- haven't quite done that lab work yet to to identify it. But it's almost certainly is already here. It's just a matter of where it's it comes up first. So many of us either have just gotten the booster shots or are trying to schedule appointments to get them. And you mentioned that there's over 30 mutations on the spike protein. So what does that mean for the efficacy of vaccines that we already have or these recent boosters? The short answer is we don't really know. The better answer is most folks that I've talked to and that I've heard from think that our vaccines will still do a really solid job. Mm-hmm. If there is some kind of we, we lose some protection from from these vaccines, maybe we'll see a more breakthrough infections. You know, we'll see that kind of situation where you you get sort of, you know, you're more likely to get that kind of mild post-vaccination infection than than we would like. But it's it's very unlikely that we're going to see very serious illness that we're going to see it, it escape so broadly that, you know, people who are fully vaccinated are going to be really threatened by this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we don't know uh, that that's all work that's happening right now. That lab work should be done in the next couple of weeks. So we should have answers by, you know, mid-December, if not a little bit earlier. I think what we're worried about is still that unvaccinated population. And I think what we're worried about is potentially, you know, some sort of a you get a variant like this in here that that does sort of get past our immune defenses somewhat. And if we're not boosted, if we're not like really highly protected, then we could see like another surge situation in in parts of the country. More with Erin after a quick break. She'll explain the relationship between vaccines and variants. And later, Chronicle reporter Kelly Huang will share what five local experts are saying is the safest approach to the rest of the holiday season in light of the Omicron variant. 
You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for full digital access. And right now, you can get 26 weeks for just 99 cents total. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod or download the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Aaron, up until this point, vaccination campaigns have emphasized that vaccines protect against serious illness and hospitalizations. But one thing that's unclear, at least for me, is what exactly is the relationship between vaccines and variants? Do the shots help with preventing mutations and new variants like Omicron? They definitely do in the sense that if you have, I mean, they don't necessarily help on, a, on an individual level. But on a population level, then vaccination is key. If you can get a large, you know, a large population vaccinated, like we do have in the Bay Area, a very large population, you're just going to have fewer cases. And the fewer cases you have, the less opportunities this virus has to mutate and, ex- and expand, right? So mm-hmm. when these variants come up, they tend to happen in places that are under-vaccinated and have surges going on. So we had Delta came out of India when it was just being hammered. Previous variants have come up under similar circumstances. I think Alpha came up in a situation when the UK was going through kind of a major surge. This was pre-vaccination. And so now what we've seen is, is this variant came, you know, out of, you know, largely it's been kind of coming out of South Africa in a population that only has, you know, under a quarter of its population is vaccinated. And and so, yeah, it's just when when you don't have those vaccination rates up, then that's just what that virus needs to to collect these mutations. Well, that brings up the topic of vaccine equity. This news of this variant has prompted a ton of discussions around, you know, global vaccination distribution. What does this new variant highlight about global vaccine inequity? I mean, it just so underscores how badly we need to get the whole world vaccinated. I just, it's frustrating for me because we've, we've, we've seen this play out. I mean, it's exactly where Delta came from is because, mm-hmm. you know, back in early part of this year, we had vaccines were starting to get out in the United States and globally, and we weren't acting fast enough. And we kind of let India just be buried under this horrible surge that was just devastating at the time. It was awful to like hear about it and watch. But it also created this variant that just, you know, hammered the world. We're not going to get out from under this pandemic in any real way until we can, you know, get the vaccine out everywhere and prevent these these mutations, these variants from from coming up. So, I mean, all of us should be really, really pushing hard on on vaccine equity. It just it's it's the only thing that's going to get us out of this. Mm-hmm. And concerns over Omicron have prompted countries, including the United States, to enact things like travel restrictions and border closures. Has that even been effective in combating the global spread of COVID in the past year and a half? Yes and no. So I think there's that's kind of a it's a very nuanced topic. Um, they haven't worked well in the past um, in controlling this pandemic, but partly that's because they've been executed poorly. We've we've tended to 
you know, take our time introducing them. Initially, they were really poorly handled because it took us like weeks after the first coronavirus cases came up to put them in place. And by then it was a, it was a done deal. It was a lost cause. I think that there there could be some aid, especially if you enact them quickly and you have some precision. I think one argument in favor of them would be that they may they may prove to be helpful in at least slowing down something like an Omicron, right? Like if we're destined to have this here, then that could be a factor in just giving us a little bit more time to figure out what we're dealing with. But there's also an argument that, you know, it creates some, some you know, equity issues. Um, you know, it's, it's, it potentially causes some real harm in countries um, where you enact these restrictions and we don't know that there's really enough benefit to justify that harm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's understandably a lot of pushback on that, especially on the global level. The World Health Organization, you know, is not in favor of these restrictions. Um, And it's true that I think a lot of these restrictions come from, frankly, everybody's exhausted. And this is a little bit of a knee jerk. Okay, we need to do something. Mm -hmm. Omicron hasn't been detected within our borders yet. But we also shouldn't forget that the Delta variant is still out there and it's still causing a lot of harm in California and the rest of the world. So, Aaron, is this just our, our new reality now, this continuous cycle of new variants until there is this mass immunity? Is this how we should just shift our expectations looking forward? Uh, you know, I think, yes. I think that's that's kind of what I've been sort of dwelling on these last few days. Even though we all knew when we talk about, you know, the next variant is on the horizon, Delta won't be the last, blah, blah, blah. We've heard that so many times, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around it. And, you know, it's true, though. What, what you just said is all correct, that um, this is probably going to be how we exist with this virus, we're not going to be able to stamp out COVID-19 entirely. Like it's going to be endemic. It's going to be just sort of a part of our culture, but we're still hoping we can get it to a place where at least it's more controlled. We can live with it more. We understand it. You know, we can, you know, predict it, right? Like we can imagine like how it plays out like we do with the flu. So it's not just surprising us. But as long as we still have this thing raging internationally, then, yeah, I think we're just going to keep having these variants pop up and going through these cycles of, okay, we've got another one. What does it mean? How worried should I be? And people are just tired of thinking about that. Like, we're all tired of having to be stressed out over all these questions. But, you know, that's just that's the reality we live in. We started off this conversation and you you pointed out that there is the hopeful note that we're not starting from square one, right? What is the thing that we can rely on? Why aren't we, why isn't Omicron going to push us back to square one of the pandemic? What can we feel hopeful about? We should absolutely feel really hopeful about our vaccinations, our vaccines, and especially in the Bay Area where we've had such good uptake. I mean, we have counties that are well over 80% of the population, the whole population fully vaccinated. And even again, even if Omicron tests those vaccines a bit, it's not going to get past them entirely. And those vaccines are going to offer us a whole lot of protection. And, you know, we should feel really good about boosters being available and people should feel really comfortable and confident getting that booster. And that should give them a lot of I mean, it should give them not to be cliche, but give them a boost, you know, of (laughs) of good feeling, you know, like going into the holidays being like, okay, I'm I'm honestly in good shape if and when Omicron shows up here. I'm going to be okay. Well, that's at least some measure of relief. That's Aaron Alday, The Chronicle's health reporter. 
while boosters should give us some confidence, we still don't know how big of a threat Omicron will actually be and what that means for the rest of the holiday season. Joining me now is Chronicle reporter Kelly Huang. She spoke to five local experts about that this past weekend. Kelly, let's start with air travel. Should Omicron make us cancel any flights we may have booked? Yeah, so I spoke to several of our local infectious disease experts, and, you know, all of them have Thanksgiving plans, and none of them said they were going to cancel their plans just because of this new news. Um, I think what was most important was they just stressed that everyone should you know, keep yourself updated about what's going on, especially the destination where you're traveling. So if there are, you know, high rates of COVID cases, you may want to, you know, rethink that. I know one of uh, the experts, Dr. Peter Chin Hong at UCSF, he said maybe traveling to Europe right now because their cases are surging, you know, might, again, might want to rethink that or push that to a later date. Um, And also just to really be alert to any changes and restrictions that are happening, you know, within the U.S. or abroad. So just being as fluid as possible. I know we've all learned to do that throughout the pandemic. So just Mm -hmm. just keep that going, I guess. And what about our indoor holiday gatherings? You know, I loved seeing people post pictures of their big Thanksgiving feasts and reunions. Should we approach the upcoming holidays with the same gusto or proceed with much more caution now that Omicron is of concern? So I don't think, you know, at this very second, obviously, as you know, things are changing very quickly. So it sounds like we're going to get more information in the coming week or two, maybe even the next few days. But right now, Delta is still the, you know, dominant variant. And so we should all still be taking precautions of that regardless. But at the same time, you know, most of the experts I spoke to said, if you are, you know, fully vaccinated, if you um, have received a booster shot, that you know, they all feel confident proceeding with their holiday plans. Um, I spoke to Dr. Kirsten Bibbins domingo um, at UCSF, and she is going to have relatives coming from across the country for the first time in the pandemic. And even before news of Omicron broke, she spoke to them and basically decided that everyone would be fully vaccinated and boosted before they gathered. And she said she still feels totally comfortable doing that. So, you know, I think an important thing here is just knowing your own risk tolerance and also talking to everybody that you're gathering with and just seeing where they're at. You know, if some people are uncomfortable with gathering, you know, maybe you postpone it or maybe you do it outdoors or, you know, get tested ahead of time. So I think that's probably the best way to proceed right now. Speaking of vaccinations and booster shots, in my earlier conversation with Erin Alday, she said we should still feel confident about them despite this latest variant. Do the experts you spoke to agree that we shouldn't panic? Yes, definitely. Um, I think that, you know, most of the experts I spoke with are very confident in uh, the effectiveness of the vaccines. And particularly, you know, they they definitely stress that everyone who is eligible to get boosted as well, to just have that um, added layer of protection. And, um, you know, I had some great quotes from some of the experts, Dr. John Schwartzberg at UC Berkeley. You know, he said, be concerned, but don't panic. Um, you know, he just spoke about how we have all the tools we need to stay safe right now, um, including, you know, wearing masks or social distancing or obviously the vaccines and uh 
COVID tests as well. Dr. Bivens Domingo, I mean, she had a great quote um, in my story, neither panic nor be dismissive. So I think that's just important to know because, again, we have everything we need right now. We, we have all this information at this point. We know how to keep ourselves safe and protected, um, especially during the holidays. So just to continue, you know, being cautious, but it's also not a time to freak out yet because there's still a lot we don't know. It does seem like it's inevitable that it'll be here. But again, I mean, we, we have the tools that we need at this moment. So just just to keep practicing all, all of the measures that we've been doing throughout the pandemic. Kelly, were there any other handy tips that experts shared with you, things that we should keep in mind until we learn more about the Omicron variant? So Dr. Peter Chin Hong at UCSF gave me this great sort of um, easy way to remember ways to stay safe during the holidays. He calls them the ABCs um, for the holiday season. So A, you know, be aware of what's going on with COVID at your travel destination. B, get a booster if you are eligible and get vaccinated if you aren't yet. C, children who are eligible should get vaccinated. D, for diagnostics. So that means, you know, stocking up on home tests, which can be really helpful right now, especially if, you know, maybe you are a younger person and you've been going out a lot and you're about to go see someone who's immunocompromised or elderly. It might be a good idea, you know, before you travel to take a test. Um, and also um, Dr. Bivens Domingo stressed that uh, testing is also just a snapshot in time. So make sure you're testing up until your actual gathering every single day, just to ensure that, you know, it's okay to move forward with your gathering. And E, everything else. So that can include getting your flu shot or wearing a mask if you're indoors um, or having your gathering outside. Um, just Again, everything else that we've been doing throughout the pandemic that I know everyone's tired of, but I think it's just it's just going to help us get to the finish line sooner rather than later. Yeah, so we're definitely not in the clear, but there are some steps we can keep doing to stay safe. Kelly, thank you so much for helping us understand what to do. Thank you so much. Kelly Huang is an engagement reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her and Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday's coronavirus reporting on sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening.